episode 29 operator syndrome we're taking viewer questions or listener questions or both um steve what do we got yeah well we've got some really good questions for starters um a few admin notes uh, we're just thrilled that people are listening and actually generating questions um we're we're humbled and but thankful and so send us your questions if you have them or topics you'd like us to talk on or just really anything feedback in general what could we do better what could we touch on that we haven't touched on um we're doing our best we're 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 kind of both humbled in the sense that we realize how faulty our memories are <laughs> yeah mine especially because i'm 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 uh, an older generation than patrick and um I go back and I just go, what? how did that go? Yeah, I, I can't remember. Um, and it's things you thought you would never forget, but uh, this is uh, why it's, it, it is helpful to write things down from time to time. I'm, I'm working on a project with a buddy of mine from Vietnam to try to get some stuff on tape. So we, we get it down. <clears throat> anyway, so if you would like to comment or, or submit a question, uh, our email is operator syndrome podcast all one word operator syndrome podcast at gmail.com so fire away and um again we love we love to hear from you so uh today in this podcast we we're going to take three questions that i received we received uh from a listener and he's a faithful listener his name he's a his name is bob and uh, he is uh, a really critical thinker um he's not military um, but that's interesting that our first set of questions are coming from non-military listeners. And it doesn't matter, military, non-military, whatever, we're, we're open. So we're going to try to address these questions and uh, play around with them a little bit in a serious fashion. Um, so the first question is this, and I'll throw it to Patrick, and then maybe I'll have something to say. <clears throat> if your son or daughter wanted to be like dad and go into special ops, what would you what would you say to him or her? I'm gonna go first, huh? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll we'll get my reaction. Um, so if they wanted to go into special operations, I would, you know, the honest answer is I wouldn't want. I've got a daughter. I I I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want a child of mine. My initial reaction is I wouldn't want them to join the military at all. To be quite honest. Um, but I could understand it if they wanted to, and I wouldn't stop them from doing it, mm -hmm. right? Um, so first I'd be like, is, are you sure it has to be the military? Is that really what you want to do? Um, just because we know all the pain that comes from that, right? It's, it's a tough lifestyle. Um, you're, we're obviously proud of our service, right. but, um, but I, I'd always ask the question. People ask me sometimes, it always happens. Someone asks, hey, I'm thinking about joining up. Like, what do you think about that? And I'll say, well, well, what is it you're hoping to get out of it, mm -hmm. really? Yeah. Um, you know, people talk about wanting to serve their country. I'm like, there are a lot of ways to serve your country that have nothing mm -hmm. to do with the military. Right. You know? and, and things that, aren't, things that aren't, aren't on the nose, right? Like being a cop, being a, being a first responder. Those are obvious ways of serving your country, serving your community. But there are other ways, too, right? Just like being a good citizen, you know, there, there, there are things you can do that could scratch that itch. If, if they decided that they wanted to join the military, um, I think that 
The next thing I would go into, again, I, I, I really drive down on goals. Like, what are you hoping right. to accomplish? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I always thought about when I was in is, you know, when I was in, I ended up doing five rotations between Iraq and Afghanistan, um, you know, doing the ranger thing, going to ranger school, having those experiences. That's all fine and good. But somewhere there was a somewhere there was a radiologist tech based out of Camp Zama Zama in Japan, who got paid the exact same thing as me, the same enlistment term as me, had the same GI benefits, GI Bill benefits as me when they got out. And in a lot of ways, I think like that person is infinitely smarter than I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but, but would I go back and change what I did? No, not, (laughs) no, not a chance. I I would never go back and, and, and be something different. Oh, oh, I spoiled one, but, uh, but there's, more to, <laughs> there's more to say about that. So all that said, um, I'd really hone in on what it was they were hoping to get out of it. And if, if special operations aligned to what their goals were, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at that point, I th- you know, that's something that's something I could get behind if the if the intent matched, if the intent matched what their goals were. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What about you? Yeah, I. I think that's right on um yeah it's a it's a that's a tough one um i too have only one daughter uh as patrick does and um she's chosen a different path so we never had to have this conversation she just graduated from university of kentucky with honors go girl and uh she's gonna serve her country by being a an elementary teacher what a great calling public servant so Again, yeah, more than one way. You know, we, it is it is a pretty high level service to your country to choose to be a member of the military and to to sign your life away or potentially and say I'm ready to go in harm's way. But yeah, it uh, there are other ways to serve. So that's a, that's a good starter. I too would try to talk. I would not not talk them out of anything, but I would. I would try to do the same thing. I would say, and I, I had actually taken a few notes on this. I would try to steer them into, uh, is there any other path that might be fulfilling other than the military? Part of that is a little bit selfish. You could get killed. <laughs> yeah, that's the bottom line. And I mean, that sounds kind of funny. Well, of course you could. But I mean, well, what are we talking about here? It's my child. I don't want him to die. I don't even have to worry about it. Um, now they could die doing anything, but you got to admit, if you're going into a combat unit and get into a, you know, a warfare situation, I think you're going to be going above the statistical, you know, probability of getting shot or killed or hurt. So there's that. And, but again, and I, I jotted down the same thing. If, if in fact my child was insistent and said, I think this is the only thing that's going to make me happy. Then I would get behind him a hundred percent. I would be a hundred percent. The worst thing you're going to do is try to get at odds with your child. You just, you, you're a parent, your job's to support them. Once they get to a certain age and they can start making their own decisions. I thought about too, it's good to, um, it's good to know your children, to study them, uh, to know their psyche. People are different. Um, if I saw a child that that I had always had a real sensitive side and a real um, empathetic side, um, maybe an artistic side, 
um, and these are generalities, but but whatever the case may be, if I, if I had, I think our emotions are really telling us smart things at times. Sometimes we're, we're well, let's suppress our emotions and just go all brain. And I'm, I don't think that's always the case. I think a lot of times our emotions are telling us stuff that's really important and we need to listen to it. So in a mother's role, how important is a mother's advice for a child? I mean, I, I think generally speaking, a good mother probably knows their children on some level better than the father as far as nuances in, at times. It's not a carte blanche, but it's just, uh, what, what does the mother have to say? And what, and what does she think about this child's suitability for a lifestyle? It's going to be harsh. It's going to, let's, let's face it, it's prickly. It's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not for the light of heart. So I think another angle that I, that made me think of all of this was, you know, know our children, I mean, one size doesn't fits all. There's some kids that I could almost go, boy, the military would be perfect for you <laughs> because whether it's spec ops or combat or not, there's a structure and there's a rigidity and there's a coming of age that a lot of young men who don't have any focus can really benefit from. And um, especially guys that are kind of bouncing around, kind of getting in brushes with the law, maybe and need some, maybe they haven't had good discipline or a father who really kept them in check so that the military can provide something that would really help them. So it's just such a hard question on one level. Um, you know, just as just an anecdote to stick in here, there was a it was kind of controversial, maybe kind of as an understatement, but there was a seal by the name of Chris Beck, and um, uh, he she is transgender, and she wrote a book. I forget the title, but I read it. I couldn't put it down. It was really fascinating because I'm like, whoa, that. It doesn't that's not usual that's not normal i mean as far as the general seals go i mean that's just that's pretty uncommon <clears throat> and uh the story was really kind of crushing because when and she's a trans woman now as she's fully transitioned had operations and hormone and everything as far as i can tell um and was actually at dev group as an operator it was a multiple rotations to Iraq and I think Afghanistan uh hard hard fighter and raised in Texas with a brother who was like a red-blooded hunting football playing red-blooded male and Kristen says that's her name now that she always tried to suppress the fact that she wanted to dress up in her sister's clothes and you know they had this something and she just didn't identify with, with her, with her biological sex. So she tried to suppress it by, well, I'll just, I, I gotta be male. I gotta be a hundred percent, you know, in all identity levels. So I'll just do the toughest thing you can. I'll join the Navy SEALs and be the tough, hard charger. That led to the point of um, a divorce and a multiple suicide attempts, not directly, but wanting to go in the fiercest fighting to be killed so that his, her family would have benefits, right? Because there's a whole sticky legal side of that. 
that's probably somebody that should not maybe have pursued me now and i'm not taking anything away from heroism or valor or but just to get to that point where they were so frustrated they wanted to die maybe there would have been a better outlet than that so it's just so hard to pigeonhole people and just say this is for you this is not for you but all that to come full back circle to say i would i would hope i would ask my my child the same thing what what's the outcome and this is maybe my last comment for on this first question <clears throat> i get a, i get guys all the time through friends of friends or family members and their friends who know a navy seal me and so their their son or whatever wants to be a seal what can they email you can they call you and i've i've done this oh, probably you have too patrick just lots of times like i'll be absolutely i'll be happy to talk when we or answer emails or whatever and the questions are always there they always seem kind of and i was the same way so i'm not they're kind of starry-eyed i want to be a seal so i always go to what patrick's point was which is what are you really looking to accomplish what are your objectives like what what do you want to have what do you see yourself being satisfied doing every day on a daily basis for years if it's just walking around with bling on your uniform and getting creds for being you know a badass that's not good enough because and, and this is the thing i tell guys that, that are seriously thinking about going into seals you better be ready to work and work hard every day i mean pain and suffering and sweat and blood and tears and humping and swimming it, you know there's the oh it's cool to see the movies and see some cool take down of Osama bin Laden's compound that takes about 30 minutes that was I've talking to some dev group operators that was an easy one that was one of the more easy ones it yeah the helicopter bit the dust but they all got out everybody was okay nobody they didn't take any rounds it was pretty chop chop you know it was not that hard well, it's potentially there it could have been disastrous but that's the situation with any op if, if you know special ops so anyhow, my question is, do you, do you want to, are you ready to just train your butt off and maybe never fire a bullet in combat, but you're going to spend your whole career, if you choose to make it a career, working your butt every day hard. Um, and then they kind of go, huh? I was like, well, you better think of the, about that because it's not, it's, the glory is about 5% and the hard work is about 95% of the thing. So I don't know. Those would be some of my thoughts. There's also a lot of, there's a lot, also a lot of talking. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah, yeah. do that. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And especially with the people I encounter and you, you said, it right. I was the same way when, when I was about to join, I consumed as many things ranger related as I could. Um, uh, trying to figure out what was this thing I was about to get into. And you see that now. Um, but, but what I don't know, I don't know that I quite see it is the, that last step where you just do it. Okay. Quit talking about it, but mm -hmm. you know, 
you can ask all the questions you won't want. It won't make it easier. Um, at a certain point, you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there, there's, um, it's not, I'm not saying it's a generational thing. That's not what I'm trying to get at at all. Because if I were to look at myself at the same spot, could, could what I, what I was experiencing could that have been interpreted similarly and maybe could have, but I, I was pretty dead set on doing it and charging forward. I didn't ask. I, I sort of signed up first and then was getting as much info intel as I could about what it was I was stepping into. And that's in, in some ways that's dumb. Yeah. In some ways that's dumb, but that also saved, that also saved me because, you know, I, I I knew there was a, a difficult journey ahead, but I didn't uh, psych myself out overthinking it and overanalyzing right. and, 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 and uh, being overwhelmed by, by data points that have nothing to do with you. And you're, you don't know how you're going to do until you do it. That's so right. going back to, you know, a child, would you, would you encourage it? I wouldn't encourage it. I'd probably, sh- you know, try to steer them away, but if they went to do it, I would, I would try to make sure it was aligned with their goals. And then at a certain point, I, I would try, if they were going to do it, I'd want to support them, like you said. And then to make them successful, I'd, I'd sort of feed them the right sort of, um, try to get them in the right mindset, which is, like you said, get ready to work. Don't worry about all the things you're going to have to do. Don't worry about how much it'll hurt. Focus on the next step and then you'll get there. Because, you know, how proud would you, how proud would you be if your child ended up a seal or a ranger or a green beret or a raider or whatever um of course you'd be proud of them yeah so and you'd want for that and you would want for them to you know i think any parent would would love to see their child set a goal a hard goal tackle it persevere overcome adversity in the process and get the thing that they were that they were shooting for whatever that is so yeah if your child chose special operations then and, and you got them to that point why not right what else? What's the next question? Yeah, the next question is, if you, and there, there's a couple of ways I could interpret this. Um, I'm going to give you my interpretation. And if you have another one, Patrick, or if other, you, you may have another one out there as a listener, maybe that would be a clarifying thing you could send into us. Let us know, because yeah, I can't, I can't read all, read between the lines 100%. So it says, if you met a raw recruit, so I'm, I'm I'm taking that as somebody who is who is off to boot camp or already at boot camp who told you he had met some pretty messed up former special ops guys and there I'm assuming okay that's given but maybe he had options or she had options to go spec ops versus maybe going a different direction in the military and he or she wanted your no shit advice what would it be so maybe I'll take that one first and um, I'll read it one more time quickly. If you met a raw recruit who told you that he or she had met some pretty messed up former spec ops guys or gals and he or she wanted your no shit advice, what would it be? All right. So assuming it, I'm, I'm getting this right. Um, if they were in the military and they're saying, yeah, I've seen this as a problem. Now that gets into what, if, if I know what they're talking about here, messed up, that's, that's an interpretive thing right there. If, if we're talking about operator syndrome, we're talking about 
suicidal ideation, uh, PTSD, traumatic brain injury, um, hearing loss. Just there's a whole bundle of these things that go together. High cortisol levels, low testosterone levels. I mean, you get into the 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 work that Dr. Frey did in operator syndrome, the the journal article. You see a tangled web of really messed up issues um, and just dysfunction on a lot of levels. And guys who I know, who I personally know some of these guys who have been to NICO, which is a, a clinic in, in, at Walter Reed. It, it's, it's the premier PTSD TBI clinic. Um, NICO is the National Intrepid Center something i don't know what o sense for anyway um and yeah and i also saw some of this when i was serving as a chaplain and doing counseling at naval special warfare development group dev group um <clears throat> i hope you know it's so hard hypotheticals are always hard and and, and history is always more easy to look back on than it is to try to look forward to like we're out of afghanistan we're pretty much out of iraq those those things have passed we've turned a page and um in my opinion i think it's a good turning of a page collateral stuff notwithstanding we're out we're moving in a new direction i hope we can heal i hope we can should we have to fight i hope they're smart quote unquote smart engagements i hope they're you know, clearly define all this, that we don't get bogged down for 20 more years in a place. I mean, it's the longest war in U.S. history. It's pretty crazy. So to tell somebody who's a recruit asking this question, if I go in this direction, could I be messed up? You're darn right. It's very possible you could be. Will you? I don't know. I wasn't. Not on that level. I, I think I might've had a mild TBI with breaching and some boat issues, but nothing like some of my brothers have had recently, not even in the same hemisphere. And they're really, really messed up. And some of them are no longer with us. I did, I, I did a funeral as a chaplain in Florida at Pensacola, uh, naval, naval base of a guy who committed suicide, SEAL committed suicide because he, just couldn't didn't want to go on because of all this baggage so i guess i would say you better be darn sure you know you're ready to sacrifice just like you want to if you're willing to sacrifice your life for your country you kind of almost need to be ready to sacrifice your your health overall mentally emotionally physically to go that route because that's exactly where you might end up you might not i didn't i had some of my worst trauma as a chaplain counseling families and mass casualty crisis um, now that wasn't physical but it was definitely psychological and emotional so it's a it's a that's a tangled question and um i would i would just say you better count the cost i'm not going to tell anybody what to do i that's i don't have any desire to tell anybody what to do have a hard time figuring out what to do for my own self so but you know just be fair warn fair warning um it, it could lead you down a dark path i don't know patrick 
Yeah, that's a tough question. It's it's like you said, it's broad in, in how we could interpret it. Um, if you're a fresh recruit, you're not really, or, or if you've just graduated, if you've just entered the military, um, you likely haven't met right on active duty that many special operators. I, I wouldn't think unless you're already in some some training pipeline or, or some contract that, that gets you exposure to those folks. Um, and any folks you would get exposure to, I would think would have some semblance of, you know, decorum, professional decorum. I, I wouldn't think that you'd see them that messed up. Yeah, yeah. So my initial thought was, okay, so these are people that you interacted with before you joined the military. Right. right. So, you know, the first question I would ask is, are they really special operators? That's right. the first one. First, like you said, there are folks who are, who are messed up, who have paid a heavy price um, for their service. And, and we need to make sure we get them the help they need. But, but, you know, we, we had the whole episode on stolen valor. It's amazing how many, how many yeah. seals and rangers are out there compared to the actual um you the 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 manning the strength of those units it it doesn't seem to match yeah you, you run into way more than is actually on paper can be produced and i've said it a million times we were always under strength mm -hmm. over the time that i was in so how could it be that there are all these rangers out there right it's interesting and yeah. you know we talked about you know mental illness it tying to stolen valor and so so the first thing I'd, I'd, I'd ask is, are you 100% sure that you're talking to someone who's legitimate and someone that's just not ill in general? And that's a huge problem. You know, I think we, we all know that there are a lot of folks who need help out there for those type of things. Um, so that'd be the first one is to, to check, to, to double check your, what you're referencing against, because that's important because that, you know, if you're talking to someone who, who hasn't actually been in special operations, well, your frame of reference is skewed now. You're talking to someone who just tells war stories um, yeah. and they're not representative of the community that, that you may be interested in going in. So that's what I would say. Um, if they are, in fact, if they were, so if they were serving or, or they are serving and they're messed up, you know, I'd say a lot of folks are messed up, you know, especially over the last 20 plus years of war. You've, you know, there are folks in conventional units that have had a rough time. You know, there are conventional units that saw plenty of combat to, ri to rival or exceed what any special yeah. operations unit saw um, over, over that war, over those wars. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I'd say one, one good thing, if, if the context is you're, uh, you're brand new to the military and you're interested in pursuing that path, but you're worried that you're going to come out messed up, you know, one thing I would say is the difference between when the war began and when it ended in terms of what, what, how we looked at those type of issues, how we treated those type of issues. You know, I think one thing we can say, it's not great. It's not perfect, but it definitely got better. Mm -hmm. So it stands to reason that, you know, as, as someone just beginning their career, you should benefit from, all the work that was done over those 20 plus years to get you in a better shape. And that's what, you know, that's what we're always trying to do is to leave the next generation in a better spot. For sure. And so, and so hopefully you'd be the benef beneficiary of that, the, the type of risks, the type of things that we, we were doing 
you wouldn't need to do, or mm -hmm. there would be mitigations in place to prevent you from getting unnecessary TBIs and right. blast injuries and, and all that type of stuff. And, you know, Steve, your point that, I mean, name the active, name the active war zone where we're seeing a lot of intense combat like we were over the last 20 years. Not for right now, as of when we're, we're recording this, there isn't. So, um, but if there is something that pops off, um, special operations would be the ones to be there first and to experience that. So, yeah. But like you, like you said, and what we said before, that's the risk. That's the, you're doing this job, not because you want to run for office someday, not because you want to pad your resume, not because you want access to the network which is right. a very real thing. And we've all met people that who's where that was their motivation. It often doesn't work out for them. Um, but if you want to do the job, that's, that's part of the job and it's a risk, but what you'll, I think what you will learn in special operations is that um, we're always evaluating risk. We're always trying to mitigate the risk. Um, that's all. That's really all we do. That's really yeah. all we do. We take calculated risks. It's not, Right. It's not just rushing into things right. without thinking. Um, I would say that's a benefit. So just uh, know that that's a lifestyle and that we're working to, folks are working to improve things and uh, that shouldn't deter you from, from, from moving forward unless those are things that you're not interested in, in which case maybe there's another job better suited for you. Yeah, totally. Very, very good point. Um, I had just had a couple of, thoughts too um you know it's funny because one of the reasons i wanted to be a seal is because exactly what patrick was saying we take mitigated we we plan carefully we don't go on just like big level planning okay we can take 20 percent casualties and still take the speech we're like no we don't want to lose a single guy we we'll send a sniper in to take out a machine gun nest rather than charging it with a you know a fire team um and that's not to take anything away from that it was just like i want to i like a style that's a little more calculated a little more surgical a little more you know so in some ways i i just i just thought of this as patrick was talking about i mean some some of the infantry some of the regular infantry some of the regular marine infantry has seen some of the most fierce i mean dakota myers google that guy's congressional medal of honor uh, a marine from kentucky my home state um holy schmoly I, I doubt very many people at all saw that kind of ferocity that he had to endure and and was rightly cited for the nation's highest medal unbelievable hero that guy watch uh, there's a documentary called restrepo um it was i think produced by sebastian younger and a cameraman and they went into the Korangal Valley in Afghanistan. It, it's an infantry company, raw infantry dudes, young guys, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. And they were in some of the fiercest fighting in the entire campaign. And they are so jacked up. It So some of the question is like, well, Spec Ops guys, some of those guys are messed up. Well, sure. And some aren't. And but there's some guys in regular infantry that are more messed up than anybody in spec ops. So watch that documentary. It, it will blow your mind. Restrepo, R-E-S-T-R-E-P-O. Um, it was battle as an army battle company up on a ridge, taking fire almost daily. I mean, fierce fire. And they, they got in some 
you know, they lost a lot of guys. So, yeah. And, and the, and the last, just to reinforce Patrick's point, the, the stolen valor thing. Yeah. Definitely check your sources. You know, when you're hearing this and that and the other, and oh, I'm, I'm messed up and I did this and I did that. My experience is the guys I actually know who are hurting or were hurting or in the process of healing from a lot of serious stuff who are special operators would be the last person to tell about it. They don't want to talk about it very much. They might talk about it to a trusted friend, a brother, a, a psychiatrist or a, or, or a chaplain or something like that. But if they're talking a lot, then my radar go off it, depending on how well, you know, them. and I'm not saying there's not true stories out there that are being told, but yeah fact check a little bit uh one note as a, as a resident army guy uh hmm. the restrepo folks they were from the 173rd uh airborne brigade so those were paratroopers i know okay. uh, i know they would want that i know they would okay that, they would want that clarified for sure i'm glad i would want that clarified you'd want that too they're paired they weren't legs they weren't dirty nasty legs um what about uh what's the last question What's that last one? Last question. This is uh, another one that's uh, a good one. Um, Patrick might have alluded to his answer. Knowing what you know now, if you could rewind the tape of your life, would you choose to do special ops over again? I said, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Um <clears throat> You know, right time, right place, right unit. I, I got the experiences I was looking for. Um, I'm, I'm proud to be an extremely small part of the the Ranger legacy. Yeah. To, you know, to have played my part, and I'm, you know, when I see what they're doing nowadays, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them. You know mm -hmm. how they're how they're carrying on, and um, yeah, no, of course I'd do it again. Yeah, I think I think that's a tough one because I wouldn't I wouldn't want to I wouldn't take ten million dollars in exchange for the experiences I had as a SEAL, the connections I made, the brothers I, the friends, the lifelong friends I've had, the pride I've had in serving my country. You know, I, there's you couldn't put a price tag on that because to me it's all precious. The, the ringing never stops in both of my ears. I don't enjoy that. Um, but I got off relatively easy. I have all my limbs intact. Um, you know, there's so many people who had it so much worse. I mean, so for me, it's kind of an easy call. Yeah, I, I would do it again just because of the incredible experiences I had and the unbelievable deep reservoir of drive that I have because of, you know, making it through a selection like that. I'm sure, Patrick probably feels the same. Um, so yeah, and, and even, even the, the tough stuff as a chaplain, like I say, the, the toughest stuff I went through, which is so ironic is now it's not just that I was a regular old chaplain. I was serving with seals and I'm a former seal. So there was a real emotional connection with seeing people hurting that are my brothers that like Patrick can tell you, you see a ranger brother hurting, it hurts on a different level than somebody you don't know in another unit not to take anything away from their suffering or their hurt at all, but it's personal. It's, I'm sorry, it's personal. And so, um, but even there, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't go back and change it. And the reason why is just I still get notes and cards and comments of, man, you know, you were there at the exact time we like we needed you there. Um, and as much as it hurt, I mean, man, they were hurting worse than I was. So it's always a matter of, I mean, I always looked at services, you know, suck it up and remember, you know, you're there for a bigger cause and it's not all about you. So as, as much as that hurt, that does hurt, it has real consequences. It's uh, no, I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't go back and take it, uh, redo it. Mm -hmm. if I had to. Mm -hmm. now, now that said, as we're closing out here, I'm I'm aware enough of, like I said, other opportunities that were out there. If I if I had had different goals for for what I was looking to accomplish, um, I can identify where there are different tracks and where other folks might have done other things, and um, they could be just as satisfied with their time as as with what we what we did, right? So um, whatever whatever path you choose, you know, own it. You are who you are because of it, and uh, I think that's probably the healthiest way in general to go. Because I I know that if we open this up to viewer questions, some question is going to be, and I hear that too, is I regret not doing X Y Z. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's tough. That's tough, right? So, um, so be right. proud of what you do, whatever path you choose, own it, and um, it'll be all right. Yep. I, I agree. Tough call. Tough call. Well, uh, viewer or listener questions, number one in the books. Um, we will, uh, like I said, if you got, like we said, if you've got more, send them to us. Um, we'll do another one of these every, every once in a while, we'll do one of these, uh, and, uh, we'll just keep it going from there. So thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Mm -hmm.